This is Matt Hurt at Obsessive Viewer on Twitter, and this is ObsessiveViewer.com's The Obsessive Viewer Podcast. Hello and welcome to The Obsessive Viewer, where a movie and TV podcast that covers a specific topic, whether it's genre, trope, movie, or show, each episode. You can find more of our work at obsessiveviewer.com slash podcasts, and also uh, follow us on Facebook and join the Facebook group at facebook.com slash theobsessiveviewer. Also check out our live event, Shocktober in Irvington, which happens every October in Irvington, which is just east of downtown Indianapolis. You can find that at shocktoberinirvington.com. And, uh, yeah, I think that about covers all the intro stuff. Uh, episode sponsor, once again, is Horror Movie Yearbook. Check them out at HM Yearbook on Twitter and at horrormovieyearbook.com. And joining me today, making his triumphant return to the Obsessive Viewer podcast, uh, you haven't been on the show since September, it's Mr. Robert Feckus. Triumphant. Triumphant. Yes. Hello. I'm glad to be back. I am glad to have you back here. Um, it has been a while, and uh, I'm, I'm excited to talk about movies with you. Yes. 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 I enjoy movies. Yes, it is. Would, uh, would you say you're obsessive about them? I am pretty obsessive about nice. them. Nice. Nice. Oh, uh, I was, I think I was listening to like an old episode that you were on. Um, and, uh, I think I was trying really hard to pitch Letterboxd to you. And like <laughs> you did for a second. I think you said like, oh, I might have to check that out. Uh, so just what's the update on that? I didn't give a time frame, did I? No, I don't think so. Yeah. Well, so. then there you go. Yeah. Well, that's fine. Yeah. Um, I will say though that, um, here in the coming weeks, if you are on Letterboxd, we kind of hinted at this last time on the podcast, but if you're on Letterboxd, uh, make sure you pay attention to the podcast because we're going to have a kind of a nice little surprise, uh, kind of contest thing. Cause I think next week me and Tanya are going to do a Letterboxd potpourri episode. Um, basically we're going to, I'll just go ahead and say it. Uh, we're going to be giving away a free pro membership to Letterboxd. Oh, nice. Um, yeah. So basically what that entails is that if you are on Letterboxd uh, and you get a pro account, which was what me, Tiny, and Mike all have, uh, you get access to all of your stats um, and some extra features. But the stats are like the best thing in the world. You are um, a man that loves his stats. Yes. Yes. Let me, let me just go ahead and just uh, promote this just real quick. Do you want to guess how many movies I've seen this year? This year, um, I'm gonna say 200, no. Yeah, 225. Oh, interesting. Nice. It's loading. Um, I'm kind of stepping on, uh, the year in review episode that's gonna come out in a couple months. <laughs> 2018 is almost over. That's nuts. I, I, I hate when, I hate that whole thing. The, oh, the like, uh, can you believe it's November? Believe yes, it's because November? I, I live 31 days in October. <laughs> I, 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 I am always irritated by it. It's going, it's going by the same I'm going to set a reminder to text you like as often as I can. Or, can you believe it's I, like I, on the way here, I had this exact same thought because I was listening to the radio and someone on the radio was like, I can't believe it's November. I was like, Jesus, why not? <laughs> Uh wow, well, well definitely ruffled some feathers. I'm there. sorry. Yeah. It's a, Can you it's... believe that it's November already though? <laughs> uh 
Uh, but yeah, uh, to uh, 291. Oh, wow. That's yep. yeah, well, killing. Oh, yeah. My uh, movie watching has uh, slowed down last couple of months Oh, yeah. Uh, for video game reasons. Oh, so. yes. We can talk about that. Because, yeah, because yeah. there's, there's some cinematic stuff to that. Uh, real quick, though, just for, to further uh, promote the stats feature on Letterboxd, um, do you want to take a stab at what my most watched genre is? Romantic comedies? <laughs> Surprisingly, no. Sci-fi. Uh, nope. Oh. Uh, Midget porn. No. Uh... Unfortunately, I don't track. Sorry, that little person porn. Uh, I don't want right. to offend anybody. <laughs> uh, romance movies is thirty nine films, so that's it's pretty low. But my highest one is comedy, actually. So oh, it's that's fair. More broad. Well, comedies are easy to watch too, yeah. and typically shorter than most movies. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So I could see that. Yep. So uh so yeah, make sure you tune into the podcast next time uh, when we do our letterbox potpourri, and we will uh, let you know how you can get. Potentially, you can get into the drawing for a uh, free pro membership that will get you stats and everything. Uh, that'll be in the next episode. So, uh, yeah, let's talk about some news because it's, yeah. it's been a while. Um, on the podcast, like, it's been like, uh, I feel like we've had like a, a month where we haven't had like a, a regular episode just because of Shocktober Nervington and, uh, Heartland. Heartland. Um, and all that, which by the way, we totally missed you at, at Shocktober. Yeah, I know. I yeah. know. Stupid, Not going to guilt you or stupid anything. Stupid work. Yeah. Stupid work. Yeah. But fortunately, it is available on the podcast feed for your listening. And I'll get, I, I'm so behind on yeah. podcast, but I'll get back to it. Mm-hmm. You know, if next year I'm, I'm still working, I'll just quit my job. Nice. I like that. I yeah. like that commitment. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and it is, it is on the podcast record. So it is the, it's a verbal contract. There you go. Yep. Um, but yeah, one thing I want to just mention before we get into the actual news and everything is that on the subject of Sharktober and Irvington, um, like I, I'm just so happy with our venue that we, that we use the playground production studios. Um, and I feel like that that's evident in the recording because the sound quality is so, so good. Um, and I was just kind of blown away by how, just how nice it sounded. Um, because like the Irving was kind of echoey and, and yeah, it was big, yeah. open, very open theater. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So, so I'm very happy with that. So shout out to Adam at, uh, playground production studios for, uh, facilitating, uh, another. It's a good word. October. It's a good yeah. word. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so Fekus news, uh, we'll get into the video game talk in just a second, but there are a couple of things I wanted to bring up. One is that, uh, I don't think we've really talked about this on the podcast, but, uh, James Gunn, <laughs> Suicide Squad. Yeah. Um, how do you feel about that? I don't care. Okay. Interesting. I, well, you know, the first Suicide Squad mm-hmm. was just such a, a letdown. Mm-hmm. And I, it does not look good for the DCEU right now. You know, they just right. postponed Wonder Woman back yeah, to 2020. They did, didn't they? Um, I think right now a lot of the DCEU is going to bank on how well Aquaman does, and I'm mm-hmm. really pulling for Aquaman. I, I really want it to be good. The more I see the trailer, the more – I think it'll be fun. Yeah. I, I really hope it'll be fun. And oh, if yeah. it's fun, Shazam looks fun. I think mm-hmm. it could really bounce off one another. Mm-hmm. It's just it's, – it's being such a rough road right now. And it really With has. H- Henry Caviezel probably out as Superman now. and Cavill. 
What? Yeah, not Caviezel. Caviezel. That was Jesus. Right. Uh, um, <laughs> yeah, so I don't know. I, I really wanted the DCEU to do do well. And I still, mm-hmm. I, I'm still adamantly defending some of the movies in mm-hmm. the DCEU, but... As far as this goes, I don't care. Um, Interesting. Uh, I'm still. It sucks. Uh, James Gunn is not going to be involved in uh, Guardians Three, yeah. which who knows if the Guardians Three even is going to happen? Mm-hmm. Since you know, uh, Kevin Feige came out last week and said you know it's just kind of on hiatus, and everyone that's on the right. project has been told to go ahead and pursue other projects. Mm-hmm. So, but it's whatever. Maybe I'll see it. Hopefully he yeah. brings uh, a lot to it because I enjoy James Gunn as a director. So mm-hmm. I think I'll, I mean, I'm going to see it either way just cause right. you know, but I think part of it is uh, like my, I don't know. I, I'll see it more so to be in support of James Gunn because I'm on record with just disagreeing with the whole firing thing, which I know that you had some thoughts about. That, it's it's not it's done. not that I agree or disagree with it. It's just I get it. Yeah. So you know it's it's terrible. You know James Gunn probably shouldn't have tweeted such. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm a dark humor guy, but right. you know you don't. Whatever we've had this conversation. We have yeah. So um, I was going to try to make a really just terrible tasteless joke well disney would fire you exactly so. um 12 years I've got, later i've got a i've got events to run so <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah i i'm more excited about it just to support james gunn and i think that like you're right uh dceu is banking on the hopeful success of aquaman and shazam um and like i it's so easy for us to just like be on the outside and be like, okay, this is, they need to steer it, like do something. But like the more I think about it, it's like, okay, filmmaking is a kind of a committee kind of thing. Sure. And like, there's so much business involved with it that maybe that's why it's stumbling so much is that they don't have, I mean, they don't have Kevin Feige. Kevin Feige kind of spearheaded, did like made Marvel what it is. So it's, they don't have that, analog for dc marvel's just in general marvel i feel like is just more approachable to the masses because Mm -hmm. dc is notoriously kind of darker anyway which i'm all about i i I love both uh dcu or dc universe and marvel universe in the comic Mm -hmm. book realm but it's marvel's just more approachable for the casual view viewer so yeah. It was interesting because one of my coworkers the other day sent me a message on our little, uh, inner office messaging system and was like, Hey, are you, uh, are you a fan of, uh, what was it? Uh, Yu-Gi-Oh or the DC universe? And I was like, uh, Yu-Gi-Oh, I never got into. Does one have something to do with the other? Well, um, <laughs> I was like, I've read some DC comics and the movies you know take or leave um and he's like yeah well this is kind of random but i just found out that um the guy one of the writers of Yu-Gi-Oh or something and the guy who wrote for dc who created lobo i don't know that character he's a i think he's about to be one of the bad guys in the krypton so he's a bad guy in the dc universe but i think he's about to be if not already is one of the main protagonists and antagonist protagonist antagonist antagonists yeah. in the krypton series on sci-fi well anyway the guy who created him like his parents go to the same church as my coworker or something something like that so kind of huh. random it's but, random yeah. neat yeah 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 um yeah so i that was just 
weird brag on my part, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. Um, <laughs> weird flex by Matt. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah. So, I mean, I, like I've said for years now, like I, I want DC to recover and be good. Like I want their movies to be good. And uh, I think it would be the idea of James Gunn going to Suicide Squad 2, which, by the way, I hate like seeing I hated seeing the headlines of that in the podcast episode titles and stuff because it says like James Gunn's Suicide Squad 2 so it's like this, James <laughs> Gunn like make a better headline right. like cuz you make James Gunn needs to change his name right <laughs> but uh but yeah it I hope maybe this is something I mean, that he's a good doing. filmmaker he'll probably oh, make yeah. it better I mean I mm-hmm. sure I, I wasn't worried about James Gunn yeah. after Marvel. Uh, he's Same a, here. He, he's going to land on his feet. He's mm-hmm. a good filmmaker. Someone's going to hire him. Oh, so yeah. I, I'm not. I was never worried for his career. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it, to me, it's an odd choice for him to go straight into another comic book franchise. Yeah, but. I kind of feel like part of it is maybe just a fuck you to Disney. Maybe <laughs> like, could be. Oh, hey, I'm going to go here. Um, maybe uh, Dave Bautista is going <laughs> to become the new Killer Croc. And <laughs> I. I love Dave Batista. Oh, I do too. I, I, I like, I, you know what? I have my opinions on sure. what happened, but Dave Batista is not afraid to, uh, mm-hmm. give his two cents. I, and I love that. Like, yeah. I mean, I can't, I, and I say that not, like, I can't fault the other actors or anything because they're actors. Right. right? They, they all have to maintain a career. Right. And, you know, so is Dave Batista, yeah. but, you know, if, Dave Patisse's acting career didn't pan out. He's always got wrestling to fall back right. on. And it turns out the guy can actually, I'm not saying he's Oscar worthy, but right. he's a competent actor. Yeah. And like, that's, that's the other thing is that James Gunn took a chance and hired him right. for that. So like, it's just great to see like, Oh, he's defending his friend and he's not afraid to do right, it. Yeah. So I just, I, I respect. Did Dave you see Batista. him in hotel Artemis? I never saw hotel. Man, Artemis. that was a lot of fun. Nice. I, I really enjoyed that movie and he was a lot of fun in it. Nice. So. Yeah, I missed that one. Yep. Um. Yeah. So switching gears, we'll get to the video game things in a, in a moment. But how are you doing with A list? How's that going? A list is going great. Still. Mm-hmm. Um. I the last two f- uh, films I've watched was one was the Sisters Brothers was the last movie I did go see, and then before mm-hmm. that was Bad Time. No, it was Halloween, and okay. then before that, Bad Times at El Royale. So okay. nope, it's still working out great. Still nice. loving it. Same I'm here. hoping to uh, see Bohemian Rhapsody here in the coming nice. coming days and um, Overlord. Ah, pizza's yeah. attacking me. Um, this is where I what I usually say is, you know, bite your daddy, <laughs> and I scream it over and over again, so my neighbors think I'm crazy. They probably do. So yeah. Anyway, so uh, yeah, I'm. I just saw the old man and the gun today. Because, like, the problem with, like, Heartland and Shocktober is, like, now I'm at a deficit. I have movies I need you to gotta make that money back. I do. Well, I, I shouldn't say I'm at a deficit because I haven't, I haven't touched the numbers yet. But on a I'm still, you're not at a deficit. Yeah. I'm still definitely getting my money's worth, but there are movies that I want to see. Like, Kirsten and I are going to go see, a, <laughs> um, A Star is Born, <laughs> which, like, a running joke between me and Kirsten is that, the music in the trailer is stuck in my head, specifically the moment where Lady Gaga like is on stage and she's like, ah, uh, yeah. Like the joke is that that is on a continuous loop in my head <laughs> day and night. So when I texted Kirsten, I was like, Hey, uh, do you want to see a star is born? <laughs> 
Sunday. So we're going to see that Sunday and then like. It's incredible. Yeah, I'm very excited. Um, one thing, okay, small gripe. Um, I've noticed like, especially at like, well, the Regal Theater is really the only theaters I go to anymore, but, um, time was when I worked at a United Artists Theater in high school. Back in my day. Back in my day. We would, uh, we would, we would make sure to close the auditorium doors when the movie started, which, I've noticed they don't do that anymore. I've not seems. noticed. Really? I, yeah. I, well, I've noticed because as I'm walking, like, as I'm walking down the hall, I'm like catching like bits and pieces of audio from the movies that are screening in there. And like, I'm getting kind of annoyed. Like, I mean, you asked to speak to a manager? No, no, okay. no, no. Uh, but it, it was problematic for me because uh, I don't remember what movie I was watching. Maybe it was the oath. No, it was before that. Um, a movie I was watching, like, I could hear like, mega blockbuster sounds from across the hall, like in like seeping into the auditorium that I'm in. I'm like, this is distracting. Like, yeah. That's, that's a bit much. Yeah. Like I actually got up and closed the doors and like, I, I, now that I'm kind of saying it out loud, I kind of wonder if maybe that's a corporate thing, you know, to keep the doors open. Because yeah. Uh, safety reasons. Yeah. I could see that being a thing. Yeah. But it's just, it's, it's bothersome to me. So no, it's, uh, that's a valid gripe. Yeah, yeah. So, um, but yeah. no, you're 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 gonna love Star is Born. It's I'm, fantastic. I'm really excited. I've heard a little bit of mixed things here and there. I got I got nothing mixed for you, man. I nice. thought I thought it all. I, first of all, I, I think Gaga deserves a, mm-hmm. a nod. That's oddly because I'm not a huge like Lady Gaga fan or anything. Uh, I am an unabashed yeah. Lady Gaga fan. Nice. I I love hey, whatever. Fuck you all. I love her music <laughs> and I think she's an awesome person. Are you, are you, uh, are you goo goo for Gaga's music? Stop it. Goo goo. Okay. Now I get what you're saying. Okay. I get yeah. what you're, I are see you, what you did, yeah. but are you a lady? I don't know. <laughs> uh, did yeah. You, did you just assume my gender? No. I What's your pronoun? Okay. Is it, uh, Z? 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 Okay. Z. So Z feckus. <laughs> um, that sounds like I'm intolerant. I, I, have, <laughs> I have events to run. We can joke about things, people. No. Relax. Don't fire me, Disney, or <laughs> any corporations I work for in the future. But, um, but yeah, uh, where was I with that? Uh, we're seeing that, and then gonna gonna see Overlord. I still need to see First Man or First Man as a first. <laughs> I, first Man was. I, I'm not gonna say it was great. It was a. To me, it was a pretty straightforward uh, mm. biopic, but it was good. Like the performances yeah. are great. See, the thing that I'm kind of going into Firstman, um, <laughs> w- the thing that I'm going into it with is like, okay, this is Damien Chazelle, his third like major movie. I loved his first two. Like, I'm not gonna expect gold out of the third one. Like, it's. It, I mean, th- I think. Where it's strongest is during the space travel portions. Mm-hmm. It really gives you a sense, first of all, of the claustrophobic nature of it. Mm. And just it, like I saw an IMAX and okay. you, if, if you miss that opportunity, it, it's, that it sucks because while biopic doesn't immediately blast, you know, IMAX viewing, right. it does for the sequences with mm-hmm. the space stuff and it's, it That's works out really well. Nice. And then there are a bunch of other movies on, on my list. Um, yeah, Star is Born, Overlord, oh, Bohemian Rhapsody. Bohemian, yeah. Um, very excited for all of those. 
Um, yeah, so, yeah, so the reason that you haven't been able to watch that many movies is video games. Video games. Yeah, what did you think of the, the Spiderman so, game? And we, me and you had a couple of conversations early in my plane as Spiderman. Spiderman. Um, I ended up, like, I praised it when we talked, but I also right. had a couple of gripes. I thought it was very fetch questy. Yeah. And, which, open world games tip, typically have that that Mm -hmm. issue but the further i got into the game the more it's just it's fantastic game yeah um the fighting sequences are great the boss battles were a lot of fun i will say this uh i thought it was i felt like there was a giant gap between boss battles before the end and then you're like all the boss battles yeah i can kind of see that uh, but yeah, it, it it was it was a fantastic game, and I played the first uh, downloadable content for it. Which how how is it? It's very story based. It's good. It's okay. good, but it's uh, it's not wrapped up. So it looks okay. like it's going to be extended. Like it's kind of serialized, right? Kind of so it, it was about three hours of gameplay out of it. Nice, which is not okay. bad. Not bad for a DLC. Yeah. Does it add more to like the collectibles and stuff? Uh, no, not the collectibles. It, okay. um, it brings back one of the uh, the challenge stuff, but it's okay. not the same villain that's doing the challenge stuff. Gotcha. So I won't ruin to who the who the new villain doing that is. But okay. Yeah. So I, I just I just recently completed the one hundred percent for the game. Nice. I'm at like ninety nine percent because I think there's some side quests I need to do. Yeah, I I, I, I went through and. I had to finish doing all the random um, bad guy crimes, yeah, and that just that took a long time. Yeah, so. that's a pain. Have you do, do you have to do like do you have to get like three stars or whatever on every challenge? No, no, okay, no, 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 no. Just completing everything. Oh, okay, so, good. So it'll tell you you have five. Um, what's the name of that security corporation? That oh, um, Sable. Sable, Sable. yeah. Uh, there's like five stable crimes you have to do, five pri- uh, broken out prisoner crimes you have to do, five uh, demon. So each okay. one, even after you beat the game, has you go to the, each little sector there, and you know you'll get, okay. you'll hear the radio transmissions like stable units on the lookout for Spider-Man. Right. And the J. Jonah Jameson stuff in that game is fantastic. I, okay, I. As a podcaster, um, no, uh, <laughs> I am offended. I am offended. It's October was a bad month for podcasters and media, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I, I kind of felt like it was a little, I don't know, because my like my uh, attachment to J. Jonah Jameson, it, like my uh, what's the word I'm looking for, like my my association with him is uh jk simmons and, and uh yeah toby wire ones yeah yeah which he is he's amazing in. he is it's incredible going back watching those that's the only enjoyable part of those movies for me yeah and he is the reason is like he's just so animated and comical in it but i feel like the j jonah jameson in the spider-man the game is like it's a little it's a little weird having him be like an Alex Jones kind of. Oh, see, I think it's perfect. See, I I think that part of it is just that I know that like okay, that there's a real life analog to this, and it's it's like disturbing. It, it's fucking eat up <laughs> his shit. Like, 
not to get not to get all you know politicized political no i i I thought it was a lot of fun i i thought that's fair yeah it's it was a good time i heard that the dlc adds more it does okay that's cool like i i warmed up like i enjoyed it but it was like i was just like i like when whenever it come on i would like find a perch and just sit and listen to his stuff (laughs) I, i thought it was great nice um yeah i still wish that and this is just my vanity but um in open world games like GTA or Spider-Man, um, I kind of wish that you could put your own um, custom soundtracks in. I know that Xbox used to yeah, I was going to say, uh, you used to be able to do that with Xbox and PlayStation for Grand Theft Auto. Mm-hmm. You could plug in like a uh, MP3 player mm-hmm. and it would play through the radio when you're in a car. In fact, I used to do it when I was in college. Mm-hmm. Um you could do that with like one of the NHL games, I think, and I think like Grid or like one of the, one of like a street racing game or something. But um, I just want to do that because I just want to put my podcast on. There. I just want to drive around <laughs> San Andreas listening to the obsessive viewer. Okay. Um, but yeah. Anyway. Uh, yeah, Rockstar, if you're listening, you know. Yeah. yeah. Ideas. Yes. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, you should have a way to do that from your horse in Red exactly. Dead. Exactly. Just blaring music from the horse's ears. Yes. As their balls constrict awesome. in the snow and expand in the warmer areas. That's a thing. Oh. That's a thing. Like it's they programmed the horse's testicles to fluctuate. Oh, in the game. Yeah. Okay. I thought you were just talking about just like in in general. Like I thought you were just going I don't no, know. No, 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 no. In the okay. game they programmed the horse's genitals to do that. That's interesting. That it seems a little over the top, but yeah. A little bit. What do you think of Red Dead so far, by the way? Uh well, I haven't played as much as I would have hoped. Mm-hmm. Uh my days off has been uh consumed by court, unfortunately. Oh, that sucks. And having to come over and Talking of right, stupid. Right, but no, I, I'm I, I'm loving. It's beautiful. It's. Mm. I'm sure I'm going to end up loving the game absolutely. But I'm yeah. so early in it. I'm still doing missions where they're teaching you how to do things. Oh so. wow! So yeah. I'm out of the mountains. Uh, okay. I've just done a couple missions in the uh, from the camp. So okay. One thing that did, uh, and we don't have to harp on it too much because you know, movie and TV podcast, right? But one thing that kind of surprised me was I didn't realize it was uh I didn't realize when it took place that it was a prequel to right. Red Dead. Yeah. Like cuz when like when John Marston pops up, like I remember seeing him in the trailer, but when he popped up I was like, you're supposed to be dead. Right. Spoilers for Red Dead Redemption, but you know whatever. That, that, um yeah. but I was like, wait, what was his son's name? <laughs> cuz I was like thinking like is it a sequel and then yeah, but it takes place like Jack 14, was his son's name. Yeah, but it takes place like fourteen years earlier or something. I don't like know, something like that. But yeah, it's so much fun. I, uh, I am, in a weird way, I'm really loving just murdering people. Like, <laughs> um, it's it's kind of weird. Yeah, well, it's like GTA. That was always fun. Like, yeah, causing rampant destruction throughout the city. Oh yeah. Uh, do you see though that it's a uh, first weekend is the highest grossing median? Medium, yeah, in entertainment history, yeah. That opening weekend, nine hundred seventy-five million dollars. That is incredible. Yeah, so there you go. Yep, video games are here to stay, people. Yep. Oh yeah, uh, but they're not art. Um, <laughs> <laughs> rest in peace, Roger Hubert. Um, but yeah. Anyway, uh, why don't we talk about the things that 
people are listening to us to talk about. Absolutely. <laughs> wanting us to talk about. So the liberal agenda. Yes. So, um, I've got nothing. Yeah. Um, I've actually been, I actually started listening to an audiobook, uh, the new book by Bob Woodward. Uh, oh, called nice. Fear Trump in the White House. Very interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Um, anyway, um, so yeah, we are talking about bad times at the El Royale today, which I just realized I did not mention earlier. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, whatever. Yeah, they know. They saw the episode title. Um, so yeah, so bad times at the El Royale. Um, I'm going to read a plot description courtesy of IMDb. Uh, this movie was written and directed by Drew Goddard. Uh, which I should have said after I read the description. Uh, circa 1968, several strangers, most with a secret to bury, meet by chance at Lake Tahoe's El Royale, a rundown hotel with a dark past. Over the course of one night, everyone will show their true colors before everything goes to hell. So as I said, this movie was written and directed by Drew Goddard. Uh, was this his phone? Um, direction. Yeah, this is his follow-up, essentially, to Cabin in the Woods. That was his directorial debut. Um, And he has written a bunch of other stuff. I was going to say, didn't uh, he write something that recently came out like a year ago? I want to say he did. Um, I, of course, love him from Lost. Uh, he adapted the screenplay for The Martian, uh, screenplay for World War Z. Oh, of oof. course. <laughs> Of course, wrote Cabin in the Woods and the first Cloverfield. Um, so yeah, so he has he has a lot of credits that I enjoy. Um, one of his writing credits is for The Sinister Six. Uh, oh which, no! As a brief aside, I recently listened. Like I use Pocket Casts for my podcasts, and uh, I I have a bunch down. Like I have like three hundred unlistened episodes. Jesus. Yeah. Um, so what I've been doing, like I was listening to a bunch of one podcast, like kind of going through, but like, I was like, you know what? I, I have episodes from like 2013 from different podcasts. Yeah. You so, probably get rid of those. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. I went to uh menu and then unplayed and then it has it all in chronological order from when they were released. So I was like, play all. So I've, I just listened to like 10 episodes from like 2013, 2014 from a variety of different podcasts. But the reason I bring this up is I've been listening to the empire podcast and they, uh, I was listening to their review of the Amazing Spider-Man Two, along with their interviews with uh, Avi Arand, um, or I, I, I'm probably butchering his name, and also uh, Mark Webb. And it is it's so weirdly funny to hear them talk about how like yeah, well we've got Sinister Sinister yeah. Six coming up, <laughs> we've got Venom in the works. Uh, there's uh, Amazing Spider-Man Three and Four. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Spider-Man Homecoming. Wait, what's that one? Right. I don't know. Um, and it's it's just kind of it's kind of hilarious to go back and listen to that. But, yeah, well, yeah. But anyway, bad times at the El Royale. Um, Fekus, what were your thoughts going into the movie? Uh, of course, we'll do a non-spoiler review and then a spoiler review. Um, but what were your expectations and how did? What was your anticipation level for it? I had very high expectations for this film nice. because the the trailer really hit me it just looked like a movie tailored towards mm. me nice. uh just the the concept the uh the actors involved the setting like it, it all looked great 
and all the scenes in the trailers just looked like a lot of fun. I was super excited for this movie. Nice. Um, that's interesting because, like, my like when I saw the trailers, I was like, "This looks like it would be fun." Like the the cast is amazing. I like Drew Goddard. Um, the subject and the and the plot looked like it would be fun. But every time I saw the trailer, I was like, "This." I'm not going to be in a rush to see it, but I'm sure that when I see it, I'll like it. Um, it was kind of like a weird, like it was on my radar, but it was kind of, kind of like in the middle there. So I don't know. Um, yeah. So I saw it kind of playing catch up after Heartland. Um, yeah. And now we're reviewing it now. And that's how that goes. Um, yes. So the cast, um, amazing cast. Oh, absolutely. Like no one, no one is a bad choice in this movie. Oh yeah. Uh, there's Jeff Bridges who, God, like, <laughs> after seeing Bad Times at the El Royale, um, I came home and, like, I, I played Red Dead Redemption 2, and I was like, I want Rockstar to, like, make, like, Red Dead Redemption 3 and have it be where you have two, two playable characters, kind of like how you had multiple playable characters in GTA 5. Right. Um, but have one of them be voiced by Jeff Bridges and the other one be, uh, voiced by Kurt Russell. And like, that would uh, be like the perfect, like, Western kind of drawl and everything. Two very iconic voices. Oh, yes. So yeah, uh, just an incredible cast. Jeff Bridges, uh, Dakota Johnson, who I'm, I loved her in that role. Um, yeah, I've not really been exposed to her. I've mm-hmm. I never obviously saw any of the Fifty Shades movies. Yeah, and I, and that's the only thing I really am aware that she was a part of. But I, she was great. Yeah, she she's a like fun side character in Twenty One Jump Street. Um, Hold on, who's she in Twenty One Jump Street? She's one of the other like undercover, like the group of undercover people. Um, uh, that that kind of keep right, yeah. making fun of um, man, yeah. M- must have just. I mean, it's it's just a really small bit role. Um, I'm trying to think of what else I like like her in. Um, yeah, I don't know. That's weird. Um, oh, she was in Black Mass, which eh, kind of funny because why? Right, why Bulger got murdered? Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, a nine-year-old man dies in prison. How? Gets butchered to death right. by a mob hitman. Yeah. Jesus. Like, it, it's kind of shitty. Like, the first thing I thought, not first thing I thought, was like, oh, maybe they'll make a good movie about his life now. Because <laughs> I didn't really uh, like Black, Black Mass was, was uh, not terrible, in my opinion. I, it's It wasn't yeah. memorable, but, I, you know, it was serviceable, in my opinion. Yeah. Very, uh... Very Boston accent. I can't do a Boston accent. No, you can't. Um, no. Uh, oh, uh, Dakota Johnson is also in the Suspiria remake, which is coming out this weekend. Mm. Um, do you have any interest in seeing that? I haven't even seen a preview for it. Really? Have you ever seen the original? Uh-uh. Okay. I, uh, I haven't seen the original. I've heard great things about it. But anyway, uh, this isn't the Suspiria cast, but um, <laughs> uh, Dakota Johnson's in Bad Times at the El Royale, John Hamm, Chris, Hem- Chris Hemsworth. Uh, Nick Offerman in a brief role. Yeah, super brief. I didn't. Yeah. Even, I didn't even know that was him until the whole time. I'm sitting there. I'm like, is that Nick Offerman? I think that's Nick Offerman. I didn't even notice it until oh, I really? go back and I was reading something. I was like, Nick, who is Nick Offerman in that movie? <laughs> right. Um. Also, shout out to Shea Wiggum. Uh, he's in it. Uh, he was the doctor in the movie. Oh, okay. In the flashback. Um. 
Yeah, he was from Boardwalk Empire. He's a really good like uh, character actor, kind of an indie mainstay. Um, yeah, so anyway, uh, Bad Times with the El Royale. So did it live up to your expectations? Um, how did how did you feel about the movie it, in broad terms? I will say this. It, it was going to be hard for it to live up to my expectations. Mm-hmm. Just I, I don't know why I had such high expectations for it, mm-hmm. but it almost did. Nice. Like, I had a lot of fun with this movie. I thought nice. it was exactly the type of movie I typically enjoy. Mm-hmm. Everyone did did a great job in it. I love the twists, the turns, mm-hmm. and I will say this for a movie that was almost two and a half hours long, did not feel like it. Yeah, it it does have that kind of momentum to it that is uh, something that I really like in movies that are super lengthy. <laughs> right, I've like the dialogue scenes were just mm-hmm. very well done, and a lot of people like to th- keep throwing around like it's very Tar- Tarantino esque. I was like. It kind of is, kind of. but I think it has its own voice it does. and own tone. Like I, a lot of people are like, "Oh man, it's so Tarantino." I was like, "I can see where you might sit, make that comparison, but I don't like." I didn't get an overwhelming feeling of this is Tarantino. I I think that the kind of Tarantino comparisons I I haven't like heard any comparisons, but I can see people saying like, "Oh, it's very Tarantino," in that it's the dialogue is so confident and. And the snappiness of it is so. Um, but he's. But you know, Tarantino didn't invent that sort of dialogue right. anyway. But, but I mean, it's just a rapid fire kind of thing. But you're right; it does have its own voice. It's 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 not like uh, a Tarantino. Like I feel like it's a little reductive to call it like a Tarantino like script. Right? Yeah. Um, it's. I don't typically love comparison reviews like that. It, you know, if something blatantly is tr- apparently ripping something off, okay, mm-hmm. I get that. But just because there's some similarities, I don't. I was like, well, it's, you know, Tarantino. I was like, well, this yeah. guy's got his own voice here. Okay, right. it, you know, he's got his own style, and you know, Tarantino is very well known. It's one of those. He's one of those filmmakers that is very appealing to the masses and makes people yeah. think that they are, in fact, giant movie connoisseurs because they like Tarantino movies. I. Honestly, I'm I'm glad that you said it because that's like a sentiment that I've had like in my head for the longest time. Um, because Tarantino is very accessible, but he's yeah. he's kind of a uh edgy accessible. Yeah, sure. Yeah, and you know he came from an independent background, but right. still he's very he's a household name. Yeah, and I'm not taking anything away from Tarantino. I think he's right. an amazing filmmaker. Mm-hmm. But it's just you know people like to be like um. Oh, I'm so into films with love right. Tarantino. I was like, okay, I, like, yeah, Tarantino's okay. great, but yeah. he's he's not, you know, he's not obscure. Okay, yeah. guys, it's, it's not pretty like pretty mainstream, right? You did not discover this low key director. Right. All right, he's he's out there. Yeah, that's like, <laughs> that's like people saying like, yeah, I like to read books. I'm such a nerd. Yeah, <laughs> Just, right. you know, I'm people, sorry. yeah, oh, because oh, you read a book, <laughs> right? Good. Yeah, most people have since the first grade. Right. <laughs> Um, or they just listen to audiobooks. Like yeah, that. but anyway, yeah. um, uh, yeah. So, 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 bad times at the El Royale. Yeah, um, I, I want to compare it to the Cabin in the Woods. Um, I did have some. Uh, we'll talk more in detail in spoilers, but kind of in broad strokes, I did have some complaints. I guess. Um, I thought that it was. I thought that it was clever. Like it. It is a very cleverly constructed film. And it has that kind of cocksure 
um, uh, confidence to it in the way that it presents its story. But I kind of feel like part of it, I, I kind of feel like the movie is almost hampered by that cleverness. Like the, the narrative techniques that it uses, it's a nonlinear story and it kind of, you can kind of, or at least I could kind of see that Drew Goddard was kind of having fun with that in a way that felt, I don't want to say it was indulgent, but it kind of felt like he was, the way I put it in my letterbox review is that it was at times a little showboaty. And like, there's, there's no, like, I don't have a problem with that. Cause if, if you have the chops run with it, but I feel like the movie got kind of hampered as it went on because uh, there were, there were moments where, um, we, the, the kind of, the plot stops to set up like the backstory of a character. And I kind of felt like that was a little uneven to me because we're in the middle of like a big, a big pivotal moment in the plot, but we have to cut back to a flashback of a character in their past so that we have the context for it. And it kind of felt like that was the trade off is that I, I get that. Yeah. Like I kind of felt like there was a trade off. I, I take it as taking a breath, you know, mm-hmm. it was a big momentum moment. <gasps> okay. Now breathe because now we're going to, sure. so we're going to delve back a little bit and then the build the momentum up again. But I, you know, I, I get that, um, that complaint. It's a, it's sure. valid. And it's kind of the same, like the way that you describe it just now, like that, that puts it into an interesting context for me. Cause it reminds me of those moments in, the cabin in the woods where you have all the stuff going on and then you cut back to, uh, Bradley Whitford and, um, John C. John C. Uh, not John C. Uh, Riley. Uh, um, yeah. It's a similar name. Uh, John, John C. McGinley, um, at like doing their thing. And like, that was also like the right. breath and everything. Although in that, in that sense, it worked a little better for me because that was all like switching over to just straight comedy and uh, where this was like, Divul- uh, divulging backstories to the major characters that we've seen interacting with each other for the last hour. So that's where the, that's where the kind of, um, issue sprang up with me. That's fair. Yeah. But as far as, you know, you said the, the director kind of having fun with his, mm-hmm. his characters, I, I feel like, especially in a movie like this, that transfers over to the viewer because mm-hmm. when he's having fun with the movie, making the movie, making these conversations, I feel like I'm having fun with it too. Like it's, yeah. it's really transferable to the viewer to me. It's, it's very entertaining to see. It's, it's very, uh, if you're in it, if you're like, if, if it's, uh, connecting with you, like it's, it's a good like ride. Yeah. Um, but I kind of also felt like the movie and again, we'll, we'll talk more in spoilers, but I kind of felt like the movie was lacking a little substance because of that. Like there are some subplots that like each character has kind of an emotional arc and everything, but I kind of feel like part of the problem with not introducing them that fully or early enough, like I didn't feel that emotional hook that the movie wanted me to feel with certain characters. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, yeah. The, I feel like the character, at least to me, the characters that, mm. I feel like the movie was trying to get the uh, viewer behind. I I felt that attachment to the characters. That's fair. So like um, the singer, I really mm-hmm. loved her character. I think she had the best. She was the best developed character. I agree. And of course, Jeff Bridges' character. I, oh my just, god! Yeah. Of course, he could fucking play a potato, and I'd be right. like, Jesus Christ, he exactly. killed that. <laughs> but yeah, I, this, those two characters specifically, and you know, of course, they have. They have their own connection in the movie mm-hmm. itself, but I, I was really drawn to both of them. Yeah, but like the the kind of uh, I don't. What would you name him? Like the, not concierge. Well, maybe 
the the guy the bell no the, the I would call him the uh, hotel attendant the hotel attendant yeah. like his whole thing like because we don't get his backstory until like, we don't almost the end but of the I movie. feel like it's appropriate. I thought it was appropriately uh, shown at the, at yeah. the right time uh, because you know he. Without going into spoilers, right. there's something going on in his life, and mm-hmm. you, you don't really think about it with the time frame of what it could be, but yeah. it, it really comes together. It puts it into right that yeah. So I I really enjoyed how that kind of came because that that came out of nowhere for me. Yeah. Uh, oh, me too. So. I appreciated it all the more for that. I think at that point I was kind of, I wouldn't say checked out from his story, but like I was kind of, I didn't, I didn't, when it's revealed like what his backstory is, I, I wasn't like blown away by it. Cause at that point I'm all, I'm, it's damn near at the denouement of the movie. Right. <laughs> like I'm just kind of like, okay, well this has been fun. <laughs> like it's, it didn't really resonate with me in, <laughs> in a way. And then also, um, a couple other characters, like their backstory, it was kind of the pivotal, like emotional core of the movie it was just kind of like, all right, cool for me. Like, I, I think I was more interested in Chris Hemsworth's performance than it was in the backstory. God, he killed it. Oh my God, he was great. And like, I, uh, it, he, like, he's such a hypnotizing person. Like, him playing that role is very, uh, very, um, great because it's appropriate it's appropriate very appropriate he no matter what chris hemsworth is is in you're drawn to him on the screen no matter what i mean he's just got that that magnetism Mm -hmm. and it's show it's amplified in this movie oh yeah by his character and what his character is Mm -hmm. and we talked about drew goddard having fun with the storytelling and everything chris hemsworth looked like he was having a freaking oh absolutely yeah like that it's so it's so fun to watch him be despicable and evil and, right. and horrible it's actually kind of you know comparable to johnny depp when you first saw him in pirates of the caribbean you yeah. just you could tell oh, how totally. how much fun he is portraying mm-hmm. this character and chris Hemsworth, man he just as horrid of a human being as his character right. is you just can't help but love him oh really and that and that's that's kind of the it's amazing. That's kind of the amazing thing about the movie because that is fits his character so perfectly. right. Yeah, I mean that's that's kind of the crux of a cult leader, right? Exactly. So I mean that's that's why they are so successful mm-hmm. in getting people to follow them because they're they are magnetic. They mm-hmm. you can't take their eyes off them, and man, are they just likable? Oh yeah, oh yeah. So yeah, it's. Um, I mean he he was he was amazing in it. Yeah, but we'll, let, let's stop beating around the bush and we'll go into spoilers here in a second. Overall, what did you think of the movie and uh? Is it gonna like make a top ten list or anything? I, you know, this year's, I, it's gonna be weird creating my top ten this year because I've had a lot of ups and a lot of downs. Because so you're I, not on Letterbox, so you don't have all the <laughs> <laughs> fair. Um, I don't know if it'll make top ten, mm-hmm. but I, I, I loved it. Nice. So it's just, and I'm not saying I don't know if it'll make the top ten because I'm saying it was lacking mm-hmm. in some. I just don't know what anything in my top ten is gonna be yet. Sure. So I. Once I go back, you know, it might. I think it's at the very least, it'll probably hit honorable mentions. It's sure. definitely one of the most fun uh, movies I've seen this year. Nice. So. And do you think that? Well, this this is more of a non sequitur question, but like, do you think that the inclusion, like having AMC A list, has that increased the amount of movies you see? It's absolutely, it's absolutely increased okay. the amount of movies I've seen, but it's also increased the amount of movies. Uh, Bad movies I've seen. Yeah. So, okay. you know, it's, and that's goes without saying that's right. going to be 
kind of the case anyway. Mm-hmm. There's movies I'm like, well, I wouldn't pay to see that. And now I'm like, well, you know, whatever. I'll give it a right. shot. And uh, I got I got two hours of kill. Nice. I'm, I feel the same way. Um, I feel that way pretty much every hour. Of the day. I would have seen this movie without the A list, without okay. a, without a doubt. Nice. I honestly probably would have would have wouldn't have gone around to it. Oh man, yeah. yeah, no, I was I was chomping at the bit to see this one. Nice. Well, that's cool. And I also just completely forgot a news item that we were that I wanted to bring up. Uh, screw it. Uh, that'll be. I'll bring it up later, and we'll have that as a tag. But anyway, um, yeah, my overall thoughts was it was a, it was an enjoyable movie. Didn't really resonate with me on an emotional level, but it was so much fun, and the performances were were such a blast. And even though it felt a little indulgent and a little uh, showboaty in the in the cleverness department, when the nonlinear storytelling works, it works really well for me. Um, and it does have like little hints of like you see the. Um, it's it's a nice evolution of Drew Goddard's style from uh, the Cabin in the Woods because it has some vague similarities in just terms of structure as Cabin in the Woods, but it's a completely different film, and it's interesting to see him kind of playing in his in his sandbox, but bringing in new sand. I'm kind of losing the analogy, <laughs> there. but um, while expanding it a little bit and not just not being like, okay, well. I I made Cabin in the Woods in 2012. It's 2018. I better make another one. Right. Um, it's just cool to see him branch out and to see all the different actors in it playing off each other is really cool. So yeah. Uh, so yeah. But we'll go into a spoiler discussion for uh, I almost called it the Cabin in the Woods uh, <laughs> for Bad Times at the El Royale. And uh, if you haven't seen it yet, uh, go watch it and then come back and listen to us or check the. Uh, show notes for the timestamps to skip over to Potpourri, uh, which will be at the end of the spoiler discussion. So, we're gonna go into spoilers. I've done horrible things. So everybody. Shit happens. Get the whiskey. Uh, so yeah, so, alright, we are spoilers on for Bad Times at the El Royale. So, um, uh, where should we begin with spoilers? Um, the deaths, John Hamm, John Hamm. Yes. Uh, <laughs> so did you get the feeling that it was kind of like a psycho homage, you know, Oh, not in the manner that he's dead, but mm. the fact that, you know, he had this big actor and then he's killed off so early in the film. Oh, that's interesting. And, and a motel. Yeah. So I, <laughs> a motel with voyeuristic. Right. Kind of- yeah. Thing. So, so I, I kind of I kind of had that uh, feeling with it, but I, I dug it. Like John oh, Hamm's yeah. character, I thought was a lot of fun. Oh, me too. I when I saw the preview, did I had the impression that John Hamm actually worked at the hotel? I kind of did too, a little bit. Yeah. So I, I was yeah. surprised when if I when I, you know he was there just take you know as a guest, right? But his his introduction scene was fantastic. Oh yeah. I like he oh, he yeah. killed it in, oh, yeah. in that part. He was great, and like the kind of twist of him being a uh, uh, CIA, CIA was was cool, and like I I love that as a way to mislead us because I'm thinking like oh the, he's going to be like the crux of the plot, and right? Everything's going to revolve around that, and then no, he gets fucking Shadoosh! yes. Yep. 
Um, very cool sequence. I, I really like that. And, and I like uh, I love the fact that you see that sequence from different perspectives. Me too. So me I, too. that was a lot of fun. That's where the nonlinear storytelling kind of really worked for me was kind of seeing the different angles of that right. and different uh, perspectives on it. Um, that was really cool. Um, the the kind all the backstory stuff like. Uh, more specifically, now that we're in spoilers, the kind of the backstory of the attendant. Let's let's talk about his that okay. comes at the end. Um, kind of a PTSD kind of thing. Like I thought that that was fine, but just like I said, it kind of came a little too late. And maybe, but yeah. they introduce that he's obviously having issues. You know, mm-hmm. he's you know high on heroin in the back room, right? So you you kind of forget about it until the end. And you kind of see where where it's all coming from, but you know, I, I find it very appropriate mm-hmm. because PTSD is a big thing these days. It's more, yeah, it's more rec- like it's always been a thing, but today it's more recognized and right. uh, you know, soldiers post war. Mm-hmm. So I, I really appreciated that kind of that, that concept. Uh, yeah, me, I, I did like kind of on a in in a broad level there, but like I kind of think my. I guess disconnect was that I was hoping I was under the assumption. I think that's by design of the script is that I was thinking that he's been integral to just horrible stuff that's gone on in the hotel over the years. And so I'm like anticipating his backstory to shed more light on what is going on at the hotel and like what the deal is with all of this stuff. Well, I, I don't know. I feel like, you know, what's going on in the hotel. It's a, it's a factory of, right. um, blackmail yeah you know so and and i'm fine with that in retrospect but in the moment i was kind of like thinking like well they they're being very secretive of like oh management wants this and and i like i'm i've been responsible for horrible things i'm thinking like oh shit we're gonna get like some really gruesome stuff about the about the hotel and then i don't know that that would have fit the tone of the movie though really yeah like horrifyingly grotesque things like well yeah well really i just wanted to see someone fuck a wolf or cuddle with a wolf I didn't want to see didn't, didn't need to see that but. okay well don't check my google search history <laughs> um, after the movie but uh but yeah but that and then uh really the biggest kind of disconnect for me was the emotional uh story of of dakota johnson's character and her sister in the movie um i just didn't buy into that kind of emotional core because i was so distracted by all the kind of cleverness of the nonlinear storytelling and the style of the movie. Really? Yeah. Did you, oh, did yeah. you have an emotional connection with that, that yeah. storyline? I want, I don't know if I would say it was an emotional connection, mm-hmm. but I thought I was very much invested in it. Like, okay. I, and maybe it's just cause I don't know. I, I'm huge into watching anything that has to do with Colts. And right. I, I love that kind of the tone of the big sister trying to protect the little mm-hmm. sister after, their whole lives doing mm-hmm. the same thing and now she's again fighting this man that is trying to do harm to her sister mm-hmm. and it's, it's always dakota johnson's job to to protect her and mm-hmm. no I, I i dug it i dug it a lot did they go into detail about what her sister did like what the like the murder that she did well you know because well, full disclosure i peed at one point in the movie, so I may have missed something. So they they allude to the murders, you know, throughout the film. You know, mm-hmm. there's it's on the TV. They're talking about the hot the the mur- the murders in the Hollywood Hills, right? So it, it's very Charlie Manson right. is what they're going for there, and so she's part of a cult that went and murdered a household of people. Okay, so, wow. You know, that's the violence that she uh, she per- partook in. Okay, 
Gotcha. I I was thinking that it was like something like, oh, she murdered like, you know, Chris Hem. She murdered Liam Hemsworth. That's <laughs> why. <laughs> Uh okay that that makes sense, um but Chris Hemsworth, Whew, God so damn it fun. he's so good in that movie oh yeah and like we talked about abs Tarantino. of steel I know like that little like dance that he does right. like I was like that's kind of hypnotic like right I'm, like you know what I'm you know I all right Chris you, know. you can have your way with e- me exactly buddy. okay Thor you yeah. know no but God he <laughs> he was just so fun to watch on oh, screen yeah. Oh yeah, and he's menacing, but like the menacing, there's charmingly menacing. Yes, that's the perfect way yeah. to describe it. And like we talked about Tarantino, like this, this makes me interested and excited um, about Tarantino's next movie, the one about the Manson, the Manson killings. stuff. But uh, it's also like I kind of wish that Chris Hemsworth was doing was doing that with Drew Goddard. Like I wish that they made like a Manson family movie or something. I, uh, I don't know if you've seen Charlie Manson, but he would not be a convincing looking Charlie Manson. <laughs> That's fair. That's who's who's playing Manson in I don't know. Arcanism. I'd have to look. I, I I know Caprio's in it. It's it's somebody oh, yeah. it's somebody well known. It might be DiCaprio. No, yeah, DiCaprio's yeah. playing one of the detectives. Oh, gotcha. What's the word what's the movie called? Uh it's Bad Times at the El No. <laughs> once Upon a Time in Ho- Hollywood? West Ho- it Hollywood. It's Once Upon a Time something. Yes, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Uh, let's see. Margot Robbie's playing uh, Sharon Tate. Well, really, I think this might be kind of a... What's the word I'm looking for? A moot point, because I don't think he's like a major character in the movie. No, I think it's... Uh, yeah. Oh, that's. Oh, yeah. That's interesting. That's why it's interesting. Uh, this guy Damon Harriman is playing him uh, in the movie. But what's interesting about it is that he is also, um, he also played Charles Manson in Mindhunter, the Netflix show. Oh, really? Yeah. Which is kind of interesting. It is interesting. Yeah. Um. But anyway, so Chris Hemsworth, I, I thought was really good. Um. I think the movie did a really good job of. Uh, showing a variety of, of him being kind of crazy, like the whole betting on, like picking red or right, black yeah. and everything. Like, I like that they kind of tease that they're about to do it again, but then they go a completely different yeah. direction. I thought that was, that was cool in terms of storytelling. Um, yeah. Uh, what else can we say about it? <laughs> Jeff Bridges? <laughs> so I, I really like his arc mm-hmm. with his, um, I guess Alzheimer's, uh, yeah. Alzheimer's, or and whichever. yeah, yeah. I, I really, uh, I thought that really hit home very well. Mm-hmm. So, and the the connection that he has with the singer, it I, was great. That's one of the great things about the movie for me was the the way that the way that uh, Drew Goddard, the way that he takes all of these wildly different characters and puts them in this situation where they are teaming up in surprising ways. They're interacting with each other in surprising ways. And it's not like it's, it's just cool. Cause the arc, if you go from Jeff Bridges and the singer throughout the whole movie, like it's such an interesting, like uh merry-go-round, I guess. <laughs> like it's, it's, it's a very, it's a very good dynamic. Oh, yeah. The, the meal they share, the conversation there is fantastic. Mm-hmm. And man, the, the part where she bashes them with the, so surprising. So out of nowhere. Oh yeah. I, but I loved it. I was like, like, oh, like shit. I saw the movie. I basically what I've, what I've been doing this week is, uh, I will work all day 
and then after work, go to the movie theater and see a movie. So like I'm sitting there like after eight hours of just a long day, I'm just like on the fence about even seeing the movie. Um, I was like watching and then like the moment when John Hamm gets killed and the moment with the bottle, uh, with Jeff Bridges, it was like, Oh, that woke me up. That was <laughs> right. Like I was kind of a little drowsy and then it was just like, boom. It was like, it was like a jump scare without being a jump scare. Exactly. It was just so well played. Oh yeah. Very cool stuff. Um, yeah. What did you think of the hotel itself, the set and everything? So I, it was fantastic. I love the idea of it. And apparently it's based on a real hotel really? around Lake Tahoe that was, nice. uh, well, that was ran, ran by the mob pretty much. Oh, wow. So it, it exists and part of it's in California, part of it's in Nevada. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I don't know if it's still up and running, but it was, it was very prominent back in like the fifties and the sixties. Wow. But the, the, I, I love the idea of it. I mean, mm-hmm. I want to go stay at that hotel. I think it's yeah, which, fascinating. Which, uh, which side would you be on? Do you even really have to ask? I don't. Yeah, Nevada. Um, Nevada. Yeah. Come on yeah. now. I don't, I, don't know. I, I don't know. I don't know what's going to be. Well, I'll be on the side of the alcohol and the gambling. <laughs> so sure. pretty, uh, pretty straightforward there. <laughs> uh, I, I love the dynamic between uh, Jeff Bridges and the attendance character with him trying to get uh, like. Uh, reconciliation uh, from Absolution. from the father. Yeah. So I, I and I I love it at the end where he just kind of okay. Uh, yeah. I will play this role. And I like that they I like that they kind of had their cake and ate it too with having him reveal to uh, or have it revealed to to the attendant that like hey he's not a real right. priest like just the devastation on on his face when he when he finds that out and then in his final moments he gets that kind of absolution and everything I thought that, that was a nice touch um, a nice way to kind of have their cake and eat it too sure have their confession and <laughs> hail mary it too I don't know yeah it was definitely a hail mary play on their part <laughs> yeah. uh, was, uh, the uh, the scene with the roulette that I really enjoyed was the part where Chris Hemsworth makes her sing. Yes. And you know, she just gives this passionate, mm-hmm. amazing song. And at the very end, he's just like, heard better. I've heard better. It's just so like, cold. So devastating. Oh yeah. But oh, perfect. Oh yeah. So perfect. So great. Um, Chris Hemsworth, just again, to circle back and talk yeah, about it's him. like n- not enough good things can be said about yeah, his performance like, in the movie. The more that I like his, his career just in general is like, it's so, uh, cool. Like yeah. that's the best way I can describe it. Like everything he's done has been, has been really good. Even in movies that aren't that good. Like his, like I've referenced it on the podcast before, but his role in the vacation remake. It was funny. It was so funny. It was like funny. it was the standard. That was a terrible movie, movie, but terrible was... movie. Um, and he's just, he's legitimately a nice guy. That's what I've heard. Like I've, I've had a buddy that was, uh, his mm. security escort for the 500 this year. Mm-hmm. And he said that he was just super awesome the entire time. Nice. Very, very approachable. We'll talk mm-hmm. to you. He actually took, uh, Chip is the one that. Nice. Did, so he took Chip's phone and recorded a message to Chip's wife on Chip's phone. That's so awesome. And it was, it was just super cool, like shit nice. like that. And, you know, Chip said that he was just doing that kind of shit the entire day. God, and that's awesome. And w- went, out, went out of your way to see, make sure that he, you know, Chip's a security escort. Right. But he's going up and he's like, hey, can, you know, you need something, this, this. And he just said he's a super nice guy. Nice. And I, I love hearing shit like that, especially about entertainers that I love. Yeah. So. And, like, I feel like Chris Hemsworth has, like, that puts him into 
a movie star kind of like he is a movie star and he has that he seems like he has a hold on that celebrity right. really well. Um I, I like that. Like I, I love hearing stories like that and like like stuff about like Chris Pratt going and visiting kids in the hospital and stuff like that. Like right. I just I love the those types of stories because um you know it's nice to know that you know, so not everyone's cool. a complete giant tool in the in the movie industry, right? So and it's nice to know that if I ever meet Chris Hemsworth, he'd be probably willing to talk about the podcast and record like a little bumper on there. You know what? I, he probably would. I, I, you know, I say that as a joke because I would be bugging him about it, but I think he would be game. Yeah, I, I really do. Yeah, but yeah, it's. I'd have to be a total dick and be like, "Hey Thor, why don't you well, it's, dance it, for me?" It's funny. Um, <laughs> he actually told uh, he was. Uh, talking to the security guys and he he won't give autographs to anyone right. that yells out hey thor but if you because <laughs> and my my brother didn't really care for that and he was like well that, he's thor i was like no but he's not thor he's, he's chris not, hemsworth yeah so i i get it you know he is a human being he is not the he is not the our property where exactly he's like dance for us you know, yeah. I, I i get it you know he's done other things while yes he is very popular as thor right he is he's chris hemsworth exactly like i yeah i i was gonna make a stupid joke like yeah like if i'm walking down the street and people are yelling hey dumbass <laughs> like, I'm not gonna, you know but if they're like hey dumb shit then yeah maybe because that's my name like but, if i'm um, walking down the street at work and it's like officer i've been robbed i'm like i have a name <laughs> all right and i just keep walking <laughs> fuck them that's, that's uh that's a much better joke. <laughs> God, that's great. Um, no, but in reality, I will stop if you tell me you've been robbed. Okay, good. Okay. Good. For the record. For the record. We don't want you to be fired. Right. We don't want, I don't want the obsessive viewer to be the, you know. The reason I am unemployed. James Gunn. Yeah. He needs to change his name. God damn it. Yeah. Um, God damn it. Anyway, uh, anything else to talk about with, with it? The style was cool. Style was great. Um, I, I really th- enjoyed, uh, the character Dakota Johnson's sister. I, I really thought she did a really yeah. good job of being that, the whimsically naive, mm-hmm. uh, hypnotized cultist. And they didn't, uh, it, it commit, they committed to that. Like, I was for sure thinking that at one point I thought that, um, Dakota Johnson's character, like like they had like a plan and that they were going to lure him there. Oh no, I was pretty confident she was still. Oh, yeah. yeah. See, I I thought that I thought that that was it, and then when when he shoots Dakota Johnson, I was thinking like, oh, okay, well she's probably going to um like that's going to wake her up from the from the from the hypnosis and magnetism mm-hmm. of the cult. But no, no, yeah. they just still ran with it. She's like crying when he gets shot in the head. Um. You, I thought that was really cool. Did you catch who the uh, the tape is of? I I didn't. It's Bobby Kennedy. Oh, That's who okay. they're they're alluding to it being Bobby Kennedy. Okay, interesting. I I thought I thought it was like supposed to be a JFK thing, but close. Yeah, close. interesting. Yeah. Did they did they really even go into detail about what it was, or did they allude? To I'm sure it was? it was him having sex with somebody mm-hmm. that he shouldn't be having sex with, right? As the Kennedys are uh, apt to do, right? Right. <laughs> Speaking of, did you see uh, uh, Chappaquiddick? Yeah. Uh, I didn't, but I heard kind of mixed to negative things. I enjoyed it. You really? I did. How was, um, oh, what's his name? Uh, Jason Clark. What did it do? No, um, uh, Office. 
Andy. Um, um, uh, he did a really good job. Oh, okay. Uh, God damn it. What is his name? What is his name? Uh, Ed Helms. Ed Helms. Yeah. He, I thought he, in fact, I thought he was probably the standout performance. Oh, in, interesting. In the movie. Yeah. Yes. I, I thought it was a good movie. Okay. Like it, it wasn't the greatest movie in the world, but sure. it, I think it's a good telling of something that not a whole lot of people know about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh yeah. Cause I, I don't know. It, it's basically he, he drove Kennedy, drunk. Yeah. Uh, not, Ted, Kennedy? Ted, Ted, Kennedy. Ted, Ted Kennedy drove yes. drunk into a, a river with a, a uh, girl in the car and left mm. her there to die. So that's right. What I what I heard about that movie was that it seems a little too sympathetic toward the Kennedys. Um, I, I didn't. I didn't get that. Really? I didn't. Okay. I, yeah. I I really think it did a good job of kind of playing out that uh, the patriarch of the family and mm. uh, Ted are kind of pieces of shit. Okay. So nice. You know, but you know, teach their own. Cool. Uh, so overall thoughts again on uh, a great movie. Um, bad times of I'll probably buy that. It, nice. that. I think that's going to be one of those that I'll enjoy on repeat viewings. Mm-hmm. So see, it's one of those movies that I kind of feel like I I don't know. The farther I get away from it, the more I'm like, okay. Yeah, I mean, it was it was good, styly, stylistically, it was cool. But you know, what's I just we- didn't have that emotional connection. So. Coming out of First Man, I get a text from First Peter, man. my brother. First Man, yeah, sorry. <laughs> I get a text from Peter, uh, my brother, and it said, well, I just got out of the worst movie I've ever seen in my life. And I was like, what could it be? Oh. And, uh, and I was like, I was like, I didn't think uh, First Man was bad. <laughs> uh, so I, go, well, I was like, well, what was it? And he goes, Bad Times with El Royale. I was like. Wait, he said worst? Yeah. One of the worst he, or the worst? One, or one of oh, or okay. the worst. But still, I was like, like I walked out of the movie. like, I I like I could see where somebody may not think it's great, sure. but to such a harsh yeah. critique of it, I, I didn't get that at all. That's weird because he saw the Dark Tower in the theater. <laughs> so I mean, his bar's got to be really low, right? Right. So yeah, I just thought that was like, eh, what, whatever. I mean, teach his own. Yeah. Everyone's entitled to their opinion. Did but he I expand just on like what his. I I haven't was? talked to him really about it. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I just I just I, I've disowned him. <laughs> whatever. Yeah. No, I just, I just thought it was really weird. Like that, such a harsh criticism yeah, of the movie. Like that's interesting. Like I, I feel like there's even if you didn't love the movie, there's a lot to appreciate. Yeah. Oh yeah. So, but hey, whatever. Teach his own. Um. Yeah. Well, that's bad times at the Old Royale, and yeah, I think we're gonna go into. I had a good time at the Old Royale. Ah, my my tweet when I checked into the movie was uh was like I hope I like this movie so I can say I had a uh, so I can. Refer to it as more like good times at the movie theater. Um, yeah, it's very Matt Hurd. Yeah, but uh, but yeah, it ended up being just okay times at the movie theater for me. Oh, fair enough. So, yeah, but we're gonna go into our potpourri section, which is the section of the podcast where we talk about whatever we want, things we've watched lately, things we're looking forward to, um, anything we want, as long as it smells good. That's the catchphrase of it. So it's potpourri. And Fekus, you have one thing you want to bring up? I have a thing. A thing. Okay. I'm going to bring up two since it's been a while. So we'll just put sandwich yours in between it. All right. I'll be the cream and Oreo. Nice. Um, that was weird. <laughs> um, okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, when you get ice cream, do you like cookies and cream flavor? It's okay. Okay. Well, okay. Let me pitch you a scenario. You're going to Baskin Robbins. You have the First opportunity. Of all, do that even exist anymore? They do. There's one on the south side, actually. Oh, okay. Yeah. Right, fair enough. Uh, but you're going to an ice cream parlor. Okay. And uh, you get ice cream that's cookies and cream. 
does does the inclusion of like the your second flavor it being lemon does that sound good to you? Lemon? Yeah, lemon and cookies and cream. That sounds awful. Fuck everyone. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, Kirsten gave me shit about that because I got lemon and cookies and cream, and it was delicious. She was right to give you shit for that. No, I don't think so. I mean, hey, if, what teach their own? Right, so. right. But no, um, I would not think that that okay. combination would be satisfying. Well, you know, your homework and the listener's homework is to try it, you know? It's November. It's already November, Fekus. Uh, it is already <laughs> November. Yeah. Uh, that didn't really fit. Anyway, so, uh, yeah, so my first potpourri is, what am I going to bring up? The Oath. Um, so we were talking before the recording, you're not too familiar with the oath. I know it's Tiffany Haddish, who's apparently in every goddamn movie in the last two months. Um, it's her and Ike Barinholtz, who wrote and directed the movie as well. Um, they play a husband and wife. It's set at Thanksgiving time. Um, like it's set during the week of Thanksgiving. They have Ike Barinholtz family coming in to stay with them for the holiday. Um, but this movie is kind of a dark, has kind of a dark edge to it because in the world of uh, the movie, the president has instituted a what's called a Patriot's Oath, where people like sign this pledge saying that they implicitly trust the the president and the country. And, Wait, have uh, you have you not signed that pledge yet? I I have not. I got. I gotta go um, make a phone call. Okay. okay. <laughs> anyway, um, <laughs> so the movie is about like a family gathering where this is going on in the world and how uh, it's it's a comedy. Let me read the plot description because it's kind of it's easy to get kind of muddled with with that kind of thing. Sounds kind of like the same uh, type of fictionalized world, like in. Uh Sorry to bother you. Yeah. Oh, totally. Totally. Uh, the plot description is, in a politically divided America, a man struggles to make it through the Thanksgiving holiday without destroying his family. Much more, a lot more brevity than what yeah. I did. Um, so, yeah. So, it's an interesting movie. The comedy didn't quite land with me. It's a very, it's a very darkly comedic movie, and it is, uh, it takes, the, the way that I put it on Letterboxd, which you can follow me at letterbox.com slash obsessive viewer is that it, um, half of the, half of, about half of its runtime, it's comedy. The other half, it's kind of a thriller. Um, it's interesting. Yeah. It's like, it's, it kind of plays with both, both ends of those spectrums, I guess. Um, but when it's a comedy, it's not really quite that great of a comedy. When it's a thriller, it's not that great of a thriller. But like together, it's it's a pretty enjoyable semi dystopian family Thanksgiving movie. Um, it goes some interesting places, has some interesting supporting cast members, um, including uh, I think it's Ike Barinholtz's brother, John Barinholtz, who plays his actual brother in the movie, um, who also uh, liked my tweet when I oh very saw it. good yeah. good job, Mister Barinholtz. Right. So, uh, yeah, so it, I mean, it's, it's a pretty enjoyable movie. I, I mean, it's probably out of theaters at this point, but, um, it's not a, it's not a waste it's okay. of time. Tiffany Hash has like three other movies coming out I, in I December, know. so. Right. Uh, but it's, I mean, it's okay. Uh, yeah, you might get enjoyment out of it. I thought it was just okay. Fair enough. Yeah. So what do you got for Popery? Uh, so I 
am about seven episodes through a 10 episode series called the haunting of Hill house. Nice. And I haven't started it yet. So, so it is a show dedicated to a family, five siblings, two parents that lived in this, uh, haunted house early on when the kids were little and something horrific happens at the house. And basically it, documents the children now grown and how they've all been affected by the haunting and how it, they're continuing to be haunted by the entity of uh, Hill House. And it's kind of like a family drama wrapped in a uh, horror movie. Interesting. And I'll tell you what, it's it works. The cast, first of all, the cast is great. Mm-hmm. Everyone, even the ch- the children, the child mm-hmm. actors, and I know Tiny, right, ha- notoriously hates child actors. They actually mm-hmm. all do a really good job. Nice. And you know, TV series as a horror uh, genre has not overwhelmingly been successful, right. in my opinion. But this does an amazing job of setting up atmosphere, especially within the house, nice. making that creepy feeling just kind of like none at the back of your neck mm-hmm. type of deal. And they also have all these hidden ghosts within the, the show, I've too. I've heard about that. That's fun to sit there and try to nice. scour the scenes through. And like the first like uh, five or six episodes kind of document or focus on just one of the characters and okay. kind of how they've dealt with it and what they're going, what's going on in their lives mm-hmm. until it culminates to a, an event happening where the family comes together again. Okay. And so the last episode I watched was the, uh, the, well, uh, the second to last episode I watched was the episode where the family is actually coming together again for the first time since mm-hmm. pretty much the incident happened. Okay. And I'm, I'm telling you what, that episode is, one of the best episodes of the show for me that I've seen. Nice. First of all, it is, you almost think there's like, it's an hour long show. It makes you feel like there's 10 cuts in the whole episode. Oh, really? It is nothing but long shots and they are so well done. Like the, how how they would have had to have done it is just, it's amazing. Like they're switching out to actors from child actors to the Mm. adult actors and just I saw like a behind the scenes video or no 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 that was for something else never mind sorry no but it's um, it, it's mind boggling how how they orchestrated it and it's just it's so well done nice. and the drama within the characters in this specific episode is you really feel it like they do a really good job of showing that kind of uh family dynamic of a family that has just gone through some horrible horrible nice. shit and how how would you say it compares to like hereditary which kind of seems like it, I've seen some comparisons. <laughs> I, I'd say it's a lot more effective than Hereditary. Okay. I it's can longer forms, right? It, I can appreciate people's love for Hereditary. I was mm-hmm. not one of the people that that loved it. I thought it was decent mm-hmm. yet forgettable, in my opinion. Okay, I'm I'm a minority. I know that a lot right. of people really praised Hereditary. I think this is a. I think this is more successful in the tone, but nice. I, I'm really enjoying it. I really can't wait to finish it up. It's, Sweet. it's super good. Awesome. I am looking forward to checking it out. Um, tiny has been watching it and is a huge fan. Um, and I think we're, if we can, f- uh, get the logistics nailed down, we may do a bonus episode nice. reviewing it. Um, so if you're available for that, yeah, well, let me know when totally invited. 
Um, I still need to watch every episode. <laughs> um, I'm planning on binging it hopefully this weekend. So we'll see. Um, yeah, so that's The Haunting of Hill House. Um, also worth mentioning that Mike Flanagan is behind it and he directed Gerald's Game, um, which I was a big fan of. You can hear my review of it on Tower Junkies. Um, yeah, so to kind of round out Potpourri, uh, today I saw The Old Man and the Gun. Uh, which it was kind of on the whim, it was kind of on a whim. Um, just the timing worked out and I was like, you know what? I'm nearby a theater after work. I'll just go and watch it. Um, which I, I, I feel like next time I do that, I'm going to have to like bring like a change of clothes to work or whatever. Oh, I do that all the time. Do you see? Yeah. I need to start doing. I've done so, it a few times, but I do it. I, I, you know, obviously, it'd be weird for me to walk into the movie theater in my right. uniform. But like on Fridays and Saturday or Thursdays, even for that matter, uh, mm. if there's a movie that I want to go see, I bring a change of clothes with me to work. Nice. And you know, barring some unforeseen late run that I have to take, I change at work and then go mm. straight to the theater. Nice. That's what I need to do. <laughs> Just imagine you going. Uh, you go into the theater in uniform, just being like, uh, I just need to, I need uh, to check security in there. Check theater 12. Uh, it'll take about two and a half hours, uh, 15 minutes with trailers, about two hours and 45 minutes. I'll just need this quarantined. Uh, yeah. And, and Hey, if you can give me a soda, I'm going to okay, get the soda. Uh, cook me one of the flatbread pizzas too. Yeah. Funny story. Mm-hmm. I, uh, went to the movie theater. I forget what, what I went to go see, but I was starving. Yeah. And I was like, man, I, I gotta eat something, so I actually bought one of their flatbread pizzas at AMC. Okay, it was good. Nice. Yeah, it was really good. Wow, I had some uh, pretzel bites because same when I saw the oath because I was like right after work I was like oh, I'm starving, so yeah, uh, yeah, pretzel bites were good too. Yeah, good. Um, nice. Next week's episode review of movie food. Exactly. Oh, that would be an interesting. Yeah. No, it would not. Yeah. Oh, I do have a funny story. Uh, when I went to the art craft and saw ET. Uh, I got Reese's Pieces and, uh, popcorn. Um, and then, cause I, I was like, okay, I got some popcorn. Um, it's locally, like locally grown popcorn, like at the art craft. It's like there, it's a big thing. It's delicious popcorn. And I'm like, well, also it's ET. I've got uh, Reese's, Reese's pieces. pieces. So I put the Reese's Pieces in the popcorn and kind of ate it like that. Uh, by the time I got home, just like diarrhea so bad. <laughs> So, so, so I don't recommend it. Two, two food tips from Matt. One, exactly. uh, cookies and cream, ice cream with lemon, delicious. <laughs> Popcorn with Reese's species give you volcanic diarrhea. Volcanic, yes. That, that is a, st- I was going to make another, no, we don't need to talk about my bowel movements. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's for the obsessive poop cast. <laughs> um, God damn it. Anyway, um, so the old man and the gun. <laughs> right back to that. So this is, um, I think it's supposed to be Robert Redford's supposedly last movie. Yeah, I heard that um, too. But I think he also like I think he recanted that, on that. Walked that back a little bit. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Based on the true story of Forrest Tucker and his audacious escape from Sam San Quentin at the age of seventy to an unprecedented string of heists that confounded authorities and enchanted the public. Um. You know, it's getting a lot of praise. It's got Robert Redford, uh, Casey Affleck, Sissy, Sa- Sissy Spacek, uh, Danny Glover, Tom Waits, oddly enough. Um, but I, it was really hard for me to really get into this movie. Um, the way that they kind of unravel the plot is kind of distractingly, distractingly slow. Like, 
we like the opening scene is Robert Redford, you know, robbing a bank. It's very low key because his style is that he just goes and it's he's very charming and everything. Then he meets this. When they're just like, ah, we'll give this to you, right? Yeah. Uh, well, if Chris Hemsworth, Chris Hemsworth right. came to my bank, I'd be like, okay, exactly, sexy asshole, right? Uh, <laughs> just don't, don't do this again. Yeah. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, so like it, it goes from that to him meeting Sissy Spacek just by chance, and then them having like kind of a a romantic lunch, and then suddenly like he has like a crew of people that he's that he's running with with robbing the banks, and then it's just it's everything is like kind of every scene is kind of constructed like almost i uh, almost like a vignette like it's just kind of disconnected from oh, everything okay, yeah. it wasn't as cohesive as I, as i would have liked like the most charming and interesting part of the movie was the relationship between robert redford and sissy spacek and they are like electric on screen they're very charming their chemistry is incredible they're both very talented uh, performers but then you get Casey Affleck, who is the detective who's searching or like like on the hunt for uh, for Robert Redford, and it's kind of like at times the movie is kind of like a cat and mouse game, but they don't really develop the the detective character that well at all. Like you get scenes with Casey Affleck's home life, but it's it doesn't really inform the uh, like his. Um, desire to catch Robert Redford and it's just everything is just kind of low key and just not that interesting and then does Robert Redford have an end game for his bank robberies no it's See, just, that it, that bothers me mm-hmm. in and of itself because if I'm a 76 year old man I escape right. from prison the last thing I'm probably going to do unless there's a legitimate reason I need mm-hmm. to is go and commit more crime well that's kind of like the main point of the movie is that he has I wouldn't even necessarily call it a compulsion, but he has like this, it's like the whole like do what you love thing. <laughs> like I, well, he just loves doing it. And it's like he has, uh, he has this urge, like that's when he's happy. And like it, it's interesting, but also I'm just like, okay, this is, I mean, it's fine. It's a perfectly fine movie, but it just doesn't have that cohesive, like the storytelling is what was what was problematic sure. to me because it didn't really mesh well with it as a whole. How's Casey Affleck? Very, very like he was. It was like he was sleepwalking through the role. Oh, that's because yeah. I'm a huge Casey Affleck fan. That's very disappointing. Me too. And like I, uh, yeah. I mean, I, like it's. I think I have such a high opinion of his acting chops from Manchester by the Sea. Sure, but like here, it's just like he's walking through. The thing, and mostly, it's because his character doesn't have anything to do. Like, it, like he doesn't have, like, there's some, like, there's scenes where, like, um, like his wife, er, he talks about how he wants to be the one to catch him, and it's like that makes sense, I guess, but it's also just like he's telling us that he wants him to that he that he wants to be the one to catch him instead of them showing us why or right. why he has that that thing also the movie does way too many like this is the city that we're in and the date and the time like time stamping it it's almost like someone like x-files yeah that's the thing like and it's in big bold like not quite not quite like um civil war not yeah not quite civil war thing but it's like it's very like big on the screen and it happens so frequently 
in randomly that it kind of feels like it kind of feels like when they were writing the script they put the timeline of everything that happened because it's based on a true story okay um it's uh it's like they put the timeline and then they're like all right well let's just leave these little timeline things in the script let's include that in there so that they know it's like it doesn't have any it doesn't resonate with the rest of the of the story also the opening thing this was really bizarre like i it, the movie, the as a whole, the movie felt like it was cut very poorly. Like scenes going from going from one scene to the next don't really translate. And like I said, it's not a cohesive story. It's kind of like we're introduced to characters without giving background to the characters, and then we're introduced to more information about the characters while still not having background. We're just introduced to more characters. It's hmm. kind of confusing and gets a little. I wouldn't say convoluted, but it just gets kind of tiresome. But the weird thing was that. The movie starts, it's a 20th Century Fox movie, so we get the 20th Century Fox fanfare, and then the first thing we see is just a, like, not title card, but like a, a card that, like a, a blue screen that just says, typed out, this also is, uh, mostly a true story. And I'm like, this also, like, that's really weird. It's so it's like phrasing. Yeah, it, I felt like maybe did they have like a like a scene at the beginning of the movie that got cut and they just didn't edit the the thing. It was it was really weird. Like I I was kind of taken out of it at that moment. Huh, um, yeah, that's yeah. Huh. But but yeah, I mean it was. I mean, I'm on Letterbox. I'm gonna rate it two stars because I I just didn't really like it. Um, I I was curious about it. Um, yeah, I may not go out of my way to see it now. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, I mean, just it's, I'm I'm saddened to hear that Casey Affleck just kind of kind of walks through the yeah. role because I I have a high regard for his mm-hmm. acting, right? Um, yeah, and me too. I mean, the movie it, it's Robert Redford and Sissy Spacex movie. For yeah, sure. sure. Yeah. Um, but like it's oh god, it it was it was frustrating because like you get pivotal moments in the story that just feel like it's they're going through like they're literally just going through the timeline, like, right? Oh, we see this this major event happen, and I guess we're supposed to infer that it, the reason that it happens is because of this character decision, but we don't have any context for it because that's all we see of this pivotal moment is just him seeing another character, and we're supposed to infer like what that significance is. I'd be interested to see the real story behind it, mm-hmm. whether or not this 76-year-old man actually got out of prison or robbing banks. Yeah, uh, 70. 70 yeah yeah but it, there is a website uh history versus hollywood uh, oh that Ooh, that nice. uh, does a good job of like showing you what the characters actually look like and this is what really happened as opposed to what the what happens in the movie nice. it's usually it's my go-to whenever i get out of one of the based on true story mm-hmm. films or this also is based on true story right <laughs> uh, don't read cool. up on uh remember the titans Oh, oh God. man, I'll break your heart. I it's so untrue. I'm gonna say something that I've said before on the podcast. I don't like the movie. Oh, that's fair. Yeah, it's it's you know we, I have, we've had this conversation on the podcast before. Have we, I haven't seen it in so long. Like yeah. I, it's always like I always enjoyed it. Um, it's the the, <laughs> uh, the problem I not problem I have with it, but the reason I don't really like it is it's very Disney fied and yes, we yeah, have had this. We yeah, we've yep. had this conversation. Yeah, yeah. Um, because I was about to give my retort. I was like, yeah, we've done this. Right. I, know, I know what I'm about to say. Yep. So. <laughs> uh, so yeah, so interstellar, um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Uh, but no, but the old man and the gun, I mean, you might like it. I, it's getting good reviews. I just, I couldn't connect with it. No, and fair. It was a bummer. Um, also, it was interesting because, like, I saw it um, and it was on a whim. And, like, I was like, I don't have, like, my tweet was kind of seeing the old man, the old man and the gun on a whim. All I really know about it is that Robert Redford's in it. And I know two additional things about it based on the title. Was he in prison um, for his role in the Hydra takeover of he Shield? He was not. Oh, okay. Um. Yeah. But. Uh. But yeah. It, and when it started, I remembered like bits of the trailer, so I was like, "Oh yeah, he robs banks." But yeah, it was just kind of just yeah. Oh, fair enough. Yep. But uh, to kind of circle back to the start of this section. Um, I'm going to have to start bringing like a change of clothes to work because like I was sitting there, I was like, oh, my feet are all like, I, I feel like I'm just gross from <laughs> sitting and working all day. And it's just like, I was this, like, could I, could I, could I take, could I be the guy that like takes off his shoes to relax? In no, the no, you are but, not to be that And I guy. didn't for the okay. record. I did not. I thought about it a lot. Um, I'm glad you made the right decision. Yeah, yeah. I did commit the cardinal sin of uh, whipping on my phone and, and looking on IMDb and stuff during it, but it was a very, like, there were not that many people in the theater, and I was in the back row, and I had the brightness turned all the way down. I was the only one in the back row, so I was not disturbing anyone. I almost had so. the theater to myself for the Sisters Brothers. Oh, nice. It was me and two other guys. But. Wow. I almost had it to myself. Oh, I almost had it to myself. Um uh, was it for the oath? Yeah, the oath. And it was funny because, uh, it was me and one other guy. Um, and then I, I don't know, like that, that guy was, he, uh, I, he, I don't know if it was that guy, but there was one guy at Heartland who had a media pass that I think he liked one of my reviews on Letterboxd. So I followed him on Letterboxd. And then after I got out of the oath, which I think it was like the only screening in Indianapolis, the only time I like later I put it into letterbox and I looked and he also reviewed it that day. <laughs> so I don't know if it's the same person, but yeah. So anyway, um, that's stalker number two for Matt. Yeah. Hurt. <laughs> right. Oh God. Don't summon. Don't summon <laughs> oh, Oh, that's that. Yeah. <laughs> I almost forgot about that. Sorry. Yeah. Oh, that's fine. That's just triggered. Um, <laughs> all right. Well, I think that's going to do it for this episode of the obsessive viewer. Um, I do remember that I mentioned that we were going to review Halloween and Mandy, uh, that kind of got in the way cause or we couldn't get the logistics worked out with Mike and tiny. So, uh, we'll review those later on at some point, but I think next week we're going to do the letterbox potpourri and then, uh, yeah, probably, have Kirsten on for another episode in a couple weeks to talk about a star is born. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, yeah. So yeah, that'll do it. Uh, where can people find you online? Fecus? They can find me on Snapchat and nerdster three thirty and Instagram and nerdster three thirty. Nice. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, that's good. And you don't really tweet that much. I, oh. I don't, you know, two things I don't do anymore. Facebook, one, because I can't deal with Oh, yeah. I can't deal with it. I haven't been on Facebook. Like, I get on Facebook to check in, and every time I think I have a clever uh, status to post, I'll post it. But I don't, mm-hmm. I don't Facebook anymore. I think it's just, it's just so, just divisive and 
just it's all of these assholes that aren't taking the president's oath. <laughs> well, it's, it's just a sewer. You yeah. know, Facebook is yep. a sewer, and I just don't like to walk through the sewer. Right. So right. I, I'm, I'm on Instagram. That's a lot of fun. Nice. And I Snapchat because I find myself funny. Yes, yes. You are very <laughs> funny. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, you had one. Oh, it's the thing that I referenced in uh, in, uh, in Shocktober Norrington. So go back and listen to Shocktober Norrington. Uh, for that Um, but yeah anyway thank you so much for listening and we'll see you next time Um, and then real quick I just wanted to bring up the news thing and I'll put it oh yeah sure yeah Um, so I totally forgot to bring this up but uh, for news (laughs) the Boba Fett movie is officially dead yeah yeah which first of all before I get into my hilarious tweet um what uh how do you feel about the mandalorian like this disney show with oh i'll watch favreau are you kidding me john favreau directing a uh star wars property i'll watch Mm it nice i I can't wait for it i I think like the the first uh, images i've seen Mm -hmm. are enticing so i can't i can't wait yeah and they also brought out uh or they also announced um like all the directors for it like a list of directors that are going to be at the helm. And like, there's some very cool directors. Um, Bryce Dallas Howard, I think is going to, that's random. Yeah. Uh, Taika Waititi. Oh, that's exciting. Yeah. That's the one I was really excited about. Um, and some other ones, but that, those are the two that stand out. Bryce Dallas Howard. Huh? Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Uh, I, you know, honestly, uh, basically the plot summary, according to IMDb is the Mandalorian is set after the fall of the empire. And before the emergence of the first order, the series follows the travails of a lone gunfighter in the outer reaches of the galaxy, far from the authority of the new Republic. And, you know, I've shat on star Wars a lot. And (laughs) after solo, I mean, I'm kind of just like, okay, I'm never going to be a huge fan, but I'm intrigued by this. Like it sounds like an interesting, it sounds like firefly in a star Wars universe. Yes. So, that could I'm, be very, I'm all for it. Oh yeah. But my tweet, um, are you, how heartbroken are you that the Boba Fett movie is not happening? I mean, I'm not heartbroken. I'm mm-hmm. disappointed. I, cause I like Boba Fett and I know you hit, take issue with the popularity of that character. I but. really do. I, I just, I don't get it at all. Like he does nothing. Enough. Yeah. That's, that's fine. Yeah. But so um, tell me your hilarious tweet. Yes. I'm just bringing it up now. Um, let's see. Uh, <laughs> okay, so the tweet was, it's too bad the Boba Fett... Oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and we're done. And we're done. <laughs> Thanks for listening, guys. <laughs> it's too bad the Boba Fett movie is officially canceled, but at least the news and rumors about the movie over the last few years were more interesting than anything the character's done in any of the movies. Uh, clever. I saw someone say something like, uh, it looks like... Uh, Kathleen Kennedy finished with a Sarlacc couldn't do, <laughs> which I thought that was funny. I guess. Yeah. Funnier than your bullshit tweet. Is it though? Because we don't know that he survived. He's Except a- in the expanded universe. We get the, we get the, <laughs> the stories of him, but that's not Canon now. And he survived. Uh, no, he didn't. Cause he's a nothing character. <laughs> You're a nothing character. Oh. Yeah, that's right. I said it. Well, all right. Anyway, so anyway. that's it. <laughs> Thanks. Bye, and, Bubba. Uh, yeah. Wait, what'd you say? I said bye, Bubba. Oh, okay. Yeah, bye. R.I.P. Yeah. Boba Fett. All right, that's enough. I'm All not right. going to have a moment of silence for a fictional character <laughs> that does nothing. All right. Well, thanks so much for listening. I'll see you next time. Bye. He's got a jetpack. <laughs> oh.
so did James Bond in one of the movies. Thank you for listening to The Obsessive Viewer, presented by ObsessiveViewer.com. You can find more of our episodes at ovpodcast.com, and you can subscribe to the show on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, or anywhere else podcasts are found. If you'd like to support the show, the best and easiest way is to leave us a rating and a review on iTunes. More ratings and reviews means it'll be easier for people to find the show in the highly competitive film and TV podcast genre. It also provides us with valuable feedback on the show. If you'd like to donate to the podcast, you can make a one-time PayPal donation at obsessiveviewer.com slash donate or become a patron at patreon.com slash obsessiveviewer for recurring donations with different reward tiers. Every donation goes toward paying the fees to keep the podcast running and is greatly appreciated. For official Obsessive Viewer merch, including shirts, mugs, notebooks, phone cases, and more, visit our Tee Public store. You can also buy other great Tee Public designs in our store, and we'll get a small commission on the sale. You can find a link to the store in the show notes of this episode and at obsessiveviewer.com slash donate. The Obsessive Viewer's theme song is An Eclipse of Events and is provided by Loudlike from their EP, Mistakes We Must Make. You can find that and more great music from them on iTunes and like their Facebook page at facebook.com slash loudlikemusic. Any and all feedback on the podcast is encouraged. We love to hear from you guys. You can contact us by emailing podcast at obsessiveviewer.com or by tweeting us at obsessiveviewer, at obsessivetiny, and at I am Mike White. You can also like us on Facebook and join the Facebook group at facebook.com slash theobsessiveviewer where you can take part in discussions and polls between episodes. For more podcast content, check out Anthology, Matt's solo podcast where he's reviewing The Twilight Zone as a first-time viewer and exploring other classic and contemporary science fiction anthology TV shows. You can find Anthology at anthologypod.com and anywhere podcasts are found. For book lovers, you can check out our sister site at obsessivebooknerd.com for book reviews, author spotlights, and a general celebration of reading. Finally, if you're philosophically curious, check out Tiny's side project podcast, The Secular Perspective, which explores the concepts of faith, religion, and existence from the perspective of secular hosts Chad and Amanda. You can find that at thesecularperspective.com and subscribe to the podcast on the app of your choice. Once again, thank you so much for listening. And we'll see you next time.